Do you find yourself constantly saying, I don't have time for that? Do you hear yourself saying, if only I had time for that, or I wish I could, or I won't, or I can't do that because I don't have time for it. In health and in the rest of life, accomplishing what you want is not about willpower, having more hours than anyone else, or just pushing through laziness. It is about being value-driven and filtering all your choices through your values. On today's episode, I'm going to show you two tactics to identifying your true values so that you can start having time for everything you value and start impacting your health and your life with decisions that give you energy and vitality. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Before we get started on the rest of this episode, I actually want to even address a word that I used in the intro here. I dropped the, what I call the L word, lazy or laziness. Um, I really don't like using that word a lot because when I was young and I mean, probably gosh, even when I was in college, that was a word that uh, I was very afraid of and I felt very shamed by. And the reason for that is, I mean, I'm a type A personality. I, I work really hard in things. And yet when I don't do well in something um, or I feel like I don't have energy for it or whatever, like I just don't get a good grade on something, I really feel like, well, it's because I didn't try hard enough. It's because I'm lazy. And I have actively avoided using that word in my vocabulary, not to ignore, I don't know, it as a possibility, but because I dealt with it long enough that I realized it is not a helpful word to me at all. It's it's not a helpful construct. Um, it really steals a lot of energy from me. It makes me feel very shamed. And it, it doesn't provide an option or an answer. Like it's such a judgmental word. And yet I hear, I, I said it because I hear and even just had a conversation with a client recently who dropped the L word <laughs> and said that she was like, well, maybe it's just because I'm lazy that she wasn't doing something. And I vehemently had to say, it is not because you are lazy. And I could tell in her eyes, she was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> and so I wanted to create this podcast episode because I see this narrative going around in our heads as women, as perfectionists, as as high achievers, um, just all these people and, and this these categories of people who really struggle with the word or feeling that they're just not enough, that they that they're that they aren't hitting their goals because they're not trying hard enough. They're holding back. They're lazy. And that is just not the truth. And so today's episode is about replacing a lie with a truth, which is replacing the lie of laziness with what's actually going on, which doesn't have to do with like who you are as a person, your value, your ability to work hard, and just some of the um, nitty gritty on how we make choices and some of the things we don't realize we're doing as we go throughout life a bit on autopilot. So I really want to, I really want you guys to know as you are jumping into this podcast as I'm talking that these have been game changers for me on how I make decisions and 
really feeling confident and and shifting from I don't have enough time to I I do have time for everything that I value. I don't have time for everything, but I do have time for everything that I value. So um, I want to start off with by saying that um, when you don't know what you value, you or you think you know what you value, but maybe it's somebody else's values or you're you're just following the values of whatever community you're in, XYZ, or you're, you're following the values of people pleasing, which is essentially you adopt any values they have, whether that's your mom's values, your parents, your whatever authority you have, you're going to have to overcommit because you're basically trying to make somebody else happy and you happy at the same time. And so either that or you're making somebody else happy and you're just completely ignoring your own needs. And and by happy, I don't mean like selfish. I mean, fulfilling needs, really making yourself a whole person and who you are and unabashedly knowing that you have things you can and cannot do. You're a limited human being just like anybody else, right? Um, And I especially like to think of when I start thinking of you're a limited human being just like anyone else, I want to think like you're a limited human being just like a CEO of a company or Bill Gates or Taylor Swift. Like these really big names we think of, but they have just as many hours in the day as you they just use them differently or they they used them differently in a way that brought them to where they are now. And that's the door we're opening in today's podcast is how to open up a new door so you can kind of get out of the hamster wheel of, I don't have enough time, I'm overcommitting, I'm, now I'm exhausted, now you have even less energy to do the things you said you would do. Um, and, and now you don't have time or you have energy. It's, it's just this really vicious cycle. And so um, we overcommit when we don't know our values. That's the real basis of what's going on. And the reasons we don't know our values, there's, there's, it's multifold. One is we're afraid to know them, as in if we know them, we then either have to act on them or not act on them. Like we can't unlearn our values. So I will challenge you if you listen to this podcast episode and then you don't want to do anything about it, I'm going to recommend y'all like journaling or doing an activity um, with yourself. If you don't do it, there could be some fear going on, some avoidance, because ultimately these techniques, they bring life, they bring clarity. And if you're wondering what to do in your life, and you are avoiding clarity, it could just be you're avoiding clarity. Like it's not that clarity just isn't there. It's that it's scary to what if you, what if you knew what you actually wanted? What if you, what if you saw and heard yourself say you want a certain amount of income in a year? What if you heard yourself say you didn't want to bake cookies for the bake sale or something? Would that make you a bad person? We're afraid of those things. Um, and so we need to, but, but, but we can't even deal with them until we acknowledge them. And that's really the first step. So this is very much a coaching episode um, as far as, as things that get in the way of us doing stuff. So if you're not eating the way you want to, or if you're not spending time or money in your health the way that you would want to, if you constantly find yourself not having time to exercise or not having time to to do your meditation or not having time to whatever it is you say you value, you might just not value it, which sure, like just like at least get to that place. I've, I've totally gotten to a place of like, gosh, do I just like not even value this thing in my life right now? And it's mildly terrifying, but extraordinarily freeing to realize like, oh, I just don't, I'm not doing this because I just don't even value it. And I just let it go. That's it. I don't, you know, or maybe I'll decide, is it worth trying to talk myself into valuing it? Or maybe I value it in the abstract, but not in the concrete. And that to me, I'm not going to dig into right now, but, but maybe I like, <laughs> I value the idea of six packs, but I like really don't want six packs, right? Like if someone just like pops six packs on it, maybe like, cool, but like it, it really doesn't improve my life. So I'm not trying to get six packs. That's just how it is. So, you know, there's the whole understanding what you do and don't value, um, understanding why you're doing things maybe for other people's value or like fear, fear that of who it will reveal you to be. Um, but the, but before we get to dealing with the, with, with what you learn from this exercise, there's just learning what you're going to learn. And so this is the layers of coaching that you can deal with when you're, when you have either a health coach or just a, a coach coach, um, coaching helps 
push you into the hard places. It actually, um, I was reading in a, in a coaching book recently that, that therapists help comfort you in your, in your grief or in your discomfort, but coaches pushes you, coaches push you out of your comfort so that you can grow. So that's what today is. So, um, here are the exercises that I do. And I mean, I regularly do to make sure I am aligned to my values and have time for everything. Cause Here's the thing, when you actually are aligned to your top values, not every single value, everything small little thing that you could ever value, but like your top values, and I really recommend your top five, you have time for everything, guaranteed. Um, pretty cool, right? So num- the step to having time for everything that you value is one, knowing what you value. Um, there is one of the best exercises that I know how to do. I have done with uh, student leaders because for the first two years out of college, I was actually a worked with a nonprofit that helped develop leaders on college campuses, so the students. Um, and what we would do is we would sit down with these student leaders and ask them to write down their top five values. And they might write down, um, you know, number one, my number one value is my relationship with God. Number two, my number one value is my family. Number three is school. So like, and that covers like school grades or school, what they're learning in school, whatever. Um, number four might be their physical health or mental health or just like health in general. Um, and that might cover them exercising or them going to counseling or whatever they do. And number five might be community. These are like not the only things that you could write down, but these are things that um, that we would talk them through. And I'd say some of the five most common things we would see um, in that general order, God, family, school, health, and community. Um, and so we would... Your first step, if you're listening to this podcast, is to pull out a sticky note, pull out your phone, pull out your journal, and brainstorm and write down your top five values. You can open up and go onto Google and find like a, a value sheet and just like look for words that are on there. Um, I remember the first time I did this exercise, I just pulled it out of my head. It felt to me, it felt like pretty glaringly. I remember I was sitting, I, I was in college, and I was just sitting in my room journaling, and I was like, okay, top five things, the top five loudest things in my head. Um, and so when I wrote mine down, um, I had God uh, and my relationship with God. Number two was mental health, like above. And I was, remember when I wrote that down, I was kind of scared. I definitely didn't have all these skills I have now of understanding, like if I write down a value and it creates an emotional response, especially like a, like a, a hard one, like what do I do with it? But I remember I really wanted to be truthful above all else. So I'm really proud of myself that despite being a people pleaser and wanting to be like being perfectionistic and wanting to write down the quote unquote right thing that I wrote down the true thing, which was much more helpful to me both then and now, which was my mental health. Cause in college I was super depressed and anxious. I definitely, it was in college that I was dealing with suicidal ideation. Um, and I've shared about that on the podcast a bit, but just to share it again. And so mental health to me was like whatever I needed to do for my mental health, whether that was not attend a party or, and I'm, and the, the party, like (laughs) we didn't party hard, just like some type of social gathering, not attend a social gathering or back out of something or take a nap or sleep in or um, read a book or go to my counseling appointment or, you know, spend less time doing uh, some piece of homework and not trying to be so perfectionistic about it. I really developed as many, uh, processes as I could to help my mental health. And that was over number three, for example, was school. That was my third value. I remember writing down and that was very big for me that, um, that I took my mental health was more important to me than school. And there was one semester that that actually showed up where I, instead of getting A's, I got B's. (laughs) And I'm, I'm so sorry if that sounds, that might sound amazing. Some people would have loved some B's, but I got B's instead of A's. And the reason for that is I went really hardcore into some mental health stuff and I really made some wins that semester in my mental health. Um, But at the same time, it just took some extra time um, away from my schoolwork and some some mental focus away from my schoolwork, which just reflected itself in my grades. And I remember 
thinking like if I tried to have time for both my mental health and for school at the same level, and these are just my top three, right? I, I wasn't even factoring in any other values at this point. I would have failed just by trying to do both of them at the same level. I had to understand that mental health was more important than school for me at that point in my life because of where my mental health was and what it meant if it got worse, um, all the all the outcomes of that. Um, so those are the three that I remember being big for me in my top three. I know I had five, but I, I'm guessing maybe physical health was like number four, which would have reflected itself in like making sure I'm exercising and eat, going and getting meals. Um, number five might have been family, but also family for whatever reason is not... Um, it's not a high value, like at least for my like parents and my brothers and sisters, it's not that they're not a value. They just probably weren't in my top five. And that was also something for me to process. And I'm being, I actually feel vulnerable sharing that because it feels, there's an aspect of that that feels shameful. Like, like real human beings value their family and their top five things, whatever. And I would interact with other friends. I maybe like college friends or even later on, like when I'm leading these college students and they're like, my family's number two. And I'm like, gosh, I don't even know if my family's like now my relationship with my husband definitely makes it into my top five. Um, like my, the family I'm building, but for whatever reason, like my, my nuclear family growing up just wasn't, I care for them, but it wasn't my top five. So that really did impact things. It impacted on like how much I tried to go home when I was in college. And, and, and I didn't, I just chose to not feel guilty about that. I was like, you know what? My family knows I still love them. Um, I, my love is not proved by how much I visit them, things like that. And so, um, those are things you do have to work through when you start to identify your values. Um, emotions will be brought up. You have to, sometimes it's just, you have to think through things and, and decide you're okay with it. Sometimes it does take more time and maybe it does take like more of a counselor approach or like maybe all you need is a coaching approach to, to really work through these things and absorb them in a way that then you can walk in them. Cause once you know what your top five values are and maybe your top five values, maybe one of them is creativity or maybe one of the, like, it, it might not be these, you know, concrete type top things. Uh, maybe your one of your top five values. I'm trying to think of some of the other things I've seen is like, uh, creativity has been a big one that I've seen some people come up with. Uh, financial stability or like financial abundance I've seen in some people's like that's just like that is explicitly one of their values and so that impacts like how they like to spend their time whether that's looking at stocks or um, creating things that help them at like create financial wealth in their life um, so I'm just thinking off the top of my head what I've seen so those you really could have a lot of things that are your top five values um, and I really don't want to put y'all in a box, but those are some of those from the past, either students I've worked with or mine. And then my current ones, they are definitely different. Um, God is still first. And I'm going to talk about in a quick moment before we end the episode on like what it means or looks like to if something's your number one or number two, like it doesn't always mean how much time you are spending in that area. So we are going to talk about like how you can evaluate if how like if your calendar essentially matches up with your values, but God is still my number one as far as my relationship with him and, and developing that health um, is, is I, I now have it just like health period is still my number two. Um, physical and mental is included in that. I just, <laughs> I don't know. It's somewhere between like the fact that, that I have this podcast and that I have the business that I do and, and I see health, destroying so many people's like ability to feel confident and and engage in the world and so and honestly seeing it having destroyed my life for and or just significantly like altered it if destroy sounds too dramatic <laughs> but for so much of my life it it just really is and so how that looks will change. You know, I've had seasons of my life where I'm training for a marathon or I'm putting money into lab work or I'm spending more money on supplements or I'm getting training in certain things. Um, but, but health is very much a part of that. And so my bank account reflects that. Like we have how, how much money we save for health related expenses or, or monthly expenses we have that are health related that reflects it choices I make in my diet or, or just ways I spend my time to um, 
prepare for, for, you know, if I'm going to a, like some social event, making sure I have food that I can eat. Just like sometimes it's super small, like having snack bars I can take with me in my purse. But that's an that's like a living out of my value of health. Um, my husband and my family, and I'd say that's more like my futuristic family, like children I'd have, like that's my number three for sure. So, um, and, and it's funny that like my husband knows these things and, and we don't need to be each other's number ones in, in our lives, but we are like number one relationally. Um, that's, we are our go-tos at, with, for support, for supporting each other. Um, but we're not like our end all be alls. <laughs> so, but my husband and my family and our future family together is another big thing. So which impacts, you know, how I spend money on my home or how I spend my money and my time for my husband or how we allocate certain things that he values. Um, and again, I always think in terms of when we're talking about values, I want to see, I want to see resources being put towards that, that say that I value that thing. So time, energy, money are going to be the three biggest things. And then my job, honestly, is my number four right now, um, so, which I have in my notes, aka y'all. <laughs> y'all are part of like this whole thing is part of my top five values. It's not my number four. What I do with you guys, how I'm teaching, teaching all this health-related stuff, it is my passion. Um, and it is something that I know will change the world. And it is already changing the lives of of either, you know, sometimes it's just people listening to this podcast. They say that it's really changed them. Um, other people, it's the clients who actually work with me and it totally changes their lives around. So it's, and, and it's not just, I'm not just saying it's my number four cause it's a job. I, I've definitely had jobs before where I'm like, this is not in my top five values. Um, whether it's waitressing or something like it's like, okay, I value it doesn't mean I don't value it. But it's not like, I am so passionate about waitressing. I'm I will passionately do it. But I will. It's not like my forever. Um, so this job is in my top four, because it's my passion, better belly therapies, craniosacral therapy, visceral manipulation, functional lab testing, all of it is amazing. And then number five would be my community, um, church, friends, um, support, my meals with other people, laughter, intentionality, serving other people, doing life together. That's really important. And not just because like, I don't want to be isolated, but because I believe that God created us to be in community. And so, um, I'm intentional with sometimes maybe I'm not inspired to be with community, but I'll choose to go and be in community or I specifically intentionally carve out time every week to connect with either a group of people or an individual. And I make sure that I'm doing that at least once a week. Like literally my husband and I have in our calendars that Wednesday night is friend night, (laughs) which sometimes we'll accomplish friend night together. And we'll like hang out with a friend, some friends together. And sometimes friend night is like separate and I'll go hang out with somebody and he'll go hang out with somebody. Um, But that is involved in that. And I'd say the one thing that was really hard when I wrote this list was like creativity for me is really high up there. And so, but I see creativity kind of flowing out partly through my job, through my community. Um, creativity isn't stuck to like, did I draw a painting this week or, you know, creating this podcast is creative. So, um, it kind of flows through there and I decided it wasn't going to be its own thing, but creativity was the one thing that I was like, is this, is this its own marker or not? Because that is really important to me. So, um, this, having, having this list, you know, writing down and I would say, you know, if you aren't driving or if you have a moment, you know, once you finish doing whatever you're doing, just open up your phone or or a piece of paper and write down, think real quick, what are your top five values? If, if you just had to really quickly think about it, even if it's not, maybe even if one or two aren't right, or you realize later something else is actually in your top five values, what would you write down? And so, um, this, this ultimately means that there's a difference between your values and your neighbor's values, your boss's values, um, even your spouse's values. Um, you know, I know my husband and I share some of our values, but they're not exactly the same or in the same order. And that's okay. We just need to understand each other's values and help each other make time and space for that. And then also something to know about your values is that they, which you've already might have noticed with mine, that they will change as you 
as your life stage changes, maybe you don't have kids, now you do, as your kids change, they get older, as your financial state changes, as your health changes, for better and for worse. Like when things get better, your values might shift on, okay, well, now that this thing's taken care of, I really want actually to focus on blah, 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 or as you, um, as, as maybe things do change in, in, in a less good direction and you're like, oh, I actually really need to focus on this. And that is reasons why sometimes people, for example, end up focusing on their health because they're like, well, I was focusing on my career or my kids or other people. And then suddenly my health reared its ugly head and here I am. And, and now you have to make a decision. Like, are you going to like still treat it like second fiddle? And at this point, it'd be like 10th fiddle, you know, because we're <laughs> you got five options here for your top five. Um, or are you going to say at least for a season, this is going to be really important to me. Um, but that is that is just something to realize. That's why I, I do redo this exercise, usually at least once a year, I'd say frequently middle of the year and then end or beginning of the year where I revisit my values and then I compare them in the second step, which we're going to discuss, which is putting comparing this to your calendar. So you now have your top five values and the way that you now create time and make time is by doing the calendar audit. <laughs> And no one loves the word audit, but it's kind of a cool thing because um, when you are a couple things to know when you look at your top five values and then you look at your calendar, one thing we're not going to be doing is like quantity of time does not mean the thing that you most value. I mean, probably the thing I put the most amount of time in if we're not counting sleep, <laughs> which a lot of us should actually be putting a lot of time into um, technically is uh, is our, is our jobs, um, ways to make money, ways to be able to continue living (laughs) on this planet, to have a home over our heads, to maybe provide a home for your kids' heads, uh, whatever it is. So your job, and even if it's not a paid job, maybe it's your job of taking care of your kids. Um, your, there's some way that you're contributing to the earth, to this planet, um, to your community. And that it might, take the word of your J-O-B, your job. Um, And so quantity of time does not always equal how much you value something. Um, But uh, as you look through your calendar, a good first thing to do is just to say, what are the things I'm spending time on? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what am I doing? You know, am I golfing? Am I taking naps? Am I watching TV? Am I like, what, what are you doing with the time you have? Am I, are you playing with your dog? Are, are you working? What type of work are you doing? Um, and so you can get like a good general gist of what you value just from how much time you spend on something. But the other thing is not just how much time you spend, but also look at the best hours of your day. So if the best hours of your day are in the morning, if they're in the evening, um, if they're in the middle of the day, whatever it is. Um, but I say morning and evenings are big too, because many times the job is, is, is taking in like the center of the day. So what are you doing before your job and after your job? Um, are you living out your values or are you just living out maybe just whatever comes to mind that day, like, uh, sleeping in or, you know, and it's not that sleeping in is bad. I've actually really intentional spent time this past pretty much happier, pretty much since I miscarried, I have intentionally spent more time sleeping in where previously I spent more time getting up early and going on runs, um, going on bike rides, going on swims. I would, I would exercise a lot in the morning, which is still good. Like it's not, it's, it's not bad, but it was really interesting when I shifted how I was pursuing my health from like my intense, I would call them intense exercise to more napping, uh, how much it really played with my brain. And I had to really keep telling myself, like, you are still focusing on your health. You are still really good. But, um, but I, I realized like, this is still my best quality hours, or this is high quality hours, my best hours of the day. Some of them are in the morning. And so if I choose to sleep versus like, um, reading something, spending time with God, exercising, I'm, choosing it. I really am like consciously choosing it. So, um, and, and if I'm not, that to me is the bigger red flag of like, I'm living either on autopilot or I'm just living by like my whims of the day. And, and that's not living out my values. And then I don't have time because maybe I slept in where 
my value that day was actually, I really need to spend more time with God so I can really stabilize and center myself um, before I move on with the day. And if I don't do that, then what it means isn't that, well, I just slept in more. It meant I didn't live out my values. And that not only means I don't have time for my values, it also means that I kind of chip away at some of my integrity, my like sense of who I am, my sense of knowing like I'm someone who does what I intend to do, whether I'm in the mood or not. That integrity is such a huge part of us having such good psychological health, good serotonin release. And serotonin is so important for our sense of, of, um, the words actually coming to mind are from Jordan B. Peterson's book, The 12 Rules of Life, where he talks about dominance hierarchies and our sense of our, of our role in like our, in our community is heightened or lowered by how much serotonin we have and, and how much serotonin we have has to do with how many wins we have in, in areas that matter to us. Um, and sometimes those wins don't, they're not going to look like other people's wins. They're not going to look like what other people say wins are. So if a nap is a win to me in a certain season, other people, their season means they, they actually can't be like, they, they need to resist a nap because they're going to choose to be pursuing something else. So it's all value driven. Do you see that? It's like really shifts. It's the same practical, like thing, the 30 minute nap versus the 30 minute journaling session versus the 30 minute of like extra work you're doing to finish up a project. One is not inherently better than the other in this like cosmic tallying system, right? It's, it's all based on values that you have and are they helping you achieve your goals? Um, so for me, when I evaluate not just quantity of hours, what am I doing? I'm also thinking about best hours. Morning is really important. So I do delegate most of my important work tasks in the morning, even for my work. So you're hearing me do this podcast. I start at 8 a.m. Um, and I typically do all my podcast episodes one or two days a month. And I start in the morning because I want to be fresh for y'all. I want to have my best thinking cap on. I also enjoy it the most when I start in the morning. And so I do start at 8 a.m. I don't sleep in and start a later part of the day because I need all of my morning hours. Um, I do like keep evening hours. I try to see my husband a little bit more. Um, But in general, the evenings are going to be a little bit more working on tasks that that don't require as much like mental effort, doing studying, you know, for, you know, I I study uh, languages or I study um, certain books that I've been trying to read through, uh, cleaning up the house, seeing friends. Um, But evening isn't like my my it's more just like doing life and getting things done. Um, but the other thing that you can consider is you have best hours of your day. Um, and so like morning and evening, considering those, but also consider quality of, of your hours as in, in consistency. So if you, anything you do consistently, do you brush your teeth every day? That's a value of yours. It's coming from something. It's also a habit at this point. So anything that you do consistently, like doing, writing down three things you're grateful for every day or doing five minutes of meditation per day, praying one song on the piano every day, reading to like listening to 15 minutes of a podcast every day or listening to or reading uh, five pages of a book every day, walking for 15 minutes outside every day. Whatever you do consistently, like you, do you eat consistently every day? Do you sleep consistently every day? Um, Those are the things that you are valuing, or at least that your calendar is reflecting that you're valuing. So do consider that as you are thinking and looking at your calendar and you're like, okay, well, maybe I only, you only do five minutes of meditation every day, but you do it every day that actually shows a lot of value. And so that counts. And again, kind of gets into this thing of, you don't need hours and hours and hours of time to do everything you value. You just need it to fit into the right thing, whether that's um, the the best hours of the day or simply it being consistent. I would say other things that consider I consider like best hours are not just things that are daily, like morning and evening, but things that are um I'd say monthly, quarterly, or yearly. So one weekend per quarter. And so a quarter, um, if you're not, if you don't think in these terms is every three months in a year. So quarter one is like January, February, March. Quarter two is April, May, June. Quarter three is July, August, September. We are, as this podcast airs, we are at the beginning of quarter three, September, October, or yeah, July. Oh guys, I am so blanking on this. 
October, November, December is quarter four. So we're at the end of quarter three. Whoops. Um, so, but yeah, there's one weekend per quarter. So every three months, my husband and I take a retreat and we, for a weekend and we, do a what we call a marriage retreat. And I'm actually going to provide a link to the marriage retreat materials we use. Um, It's from a a business of a friend of mine called Marriageable. Um, It's he's a the guy who started it or my friend, his name is Jordan Ogden. He is a family counselor and also a former pastor. And he's created a resource that helps couples go through this retreat stuff where they can both align on their vision as a couple. They're like marriage vision where you can talk about your goals in different areas, like talk about your kids, talk about your finances, talk about the house, like whatever it is you are like. So you're all aligned, you know, the, in the, on the marriage retreat, my husband and I, we have fun. We'll go and exercise together. We'll go and eat out somewhere and just like have really good connection time. Um, and we do that. Like we have it scheduled and thus far we've preferred to try and get out of our house for it. So we've gotten a lot of Airbnbs and it's looked different throughout, um, COVID and throughout the pandemic. But we've typically been able to find an Airbnb. Sometimes it's like just an hour or two away. Sometimes it's a couple states away. Um, We're going to New York City, our next one, because it's also our anniversary. (laughs) And so that's something we do. We we and that's that's planning out our like best days of the year. Um, And then one day per month, I have something called a CEO day, which is where I block off my day from seeing clients or from doing traditional work, and I really am strategic about my business. I reevaluate different things. goals we have, like whether it's projects we're thinking of doing, um, uh, ways that I could be serving y'all better, how I could be changing up my marketing. And by marketing, I just mean my communication. So y'all understand the value of what we're doing. Um, and I just do a big refresh. And so um, those are ways that you can stretch time differently uh, and think about it differently, not just how much time you're doing. Like, like gosh, I, I spend time with God in the morning And I would say throughout the day, I might listen to a podcast if I'm driving that's um, spiritual and like a Christian podcast, you know, favorite one of mine is Brilliant Perspectives by Graham Cook. Um, I might listen to that to help like uh, stabilize my mindset Um, or I'll pray throughout the day or all those things. But I might like really sit down and and consider something in the morning um, so I can look at each one of these values of mine, my health you know, I taking certain supplements or the sleeping in is a big thing for me right now. Uh, A couple times a month, I have been working out on like the weekends, but not taking mornings right now for the most part. I have definitely worked out a couple mornings. Um, yeah. And I already talked to you guys about how community, like my once in the, once a week, my husband and I have like a friend evening, which is typically Wednesday night, but we also have other things we're involved in. So like Thursday night we have like worship practice or there's different things that we do. And so we know that those are accomplishing values and we're not just doing it because somebody else asked us or because we feel that we ought to, or cause it makes us a better person. Like I'm constantly asking myself, am I doing this because it's part of my values? I believe it's where God's placing me in this point in time. Um, it's lining up with my life stage, which is, you know, pre trying to get pregnant or post, you know, miscarriage or all that jazz, like, you know, having a home versus, you know, I'm in my first home that I own versus having apartments previously. There just sh- changes everything. So, um, once you then have done this, uh, calendar audit, one of the things that you might realize, um, which, is important is you got your top five values, then you can see like how your values are or are not living out. But the really big thing you want to look for, the first thing you're going to do once you do your audit is actually look for things that are in your calendar that are just totally unrelated to your values. Um, they're just like not there. So like, for example, I do watch TV. Um, it's, I love story. I was an English major. So I love stories and, um, TV and reading there. There are different ways for my brain to engage with a story. And so it's very revitalizing to me. My husband, on the other hand, does not get rejuvenated very much by TV in any way, shape or form. So I will reserve some time, uh, intermittently throughout certain days or on the weekend to watch some TV, but I don't watch exorbitant amounts. I definitely wouldn't say I binge. Um, and not that I haven't binged in the past, but I feel like I'm, I'm in a much more balanced place. And so, but 
but I sometimes can evaluate if my week felt imbalanced by like, did I do something, whether it was, you know, whether I was being leisurely, like oh, I watched a lot of TV, but I'm like, but, but did that much quantity of TV actually align with my values of rest or did it just, was it just like something I abdicated my choice from? I just let it, <laughs> I, I just stopped being a part of that choice. It was something that just happened um, to me rather than me choosing it, which is just a really big sign of of uh, stepping out of your power and and not living out your values. Um, but you can look for things like that where that's like leisurely, or you can look for things like, oh my gosh, I know that I'm doing this thing because I somebody asked me to and I couldn't say no, or I didn't know how to say no, or I felt bad, or I felt like if I were a better person, and I'm actually using that phrasing, if I were a better person, I would say yes to this. I recently was actually asked to do something in my church, um, and I'm very, my husband and I are very committed to our church and to involvement and to support and service and um, just like being involved in the community and being um, servant-hearted in what we do with our time and our money. And when I was asked this, I always consider things deeply and I remember it took me probably a week or two and I told them, I'm just going to think about this. And they're like, okay. And I thought about it. I prayed about it. I journaled about it. talked with my husband and I went back to that person and I said, actually, I don't think this is, this is something that I didn't say I didn't have time for it. And that's the difference. I didn't say, I don't have time for this. I said, this is um, not something that, oh gosh, I texted it. Maybe I should have pulled up. I, I might've said something similar to like, this is not um, something that I think that I'm want to be focusing on right now. And so it changes the narrative, guys. It changes things so much when you stop saying, I don't have time for things. And you just say, I don't value that. It's really similar, actually, when you say, I can't afford that versus I don't value it. Because the truth is, is like when my mom said, for example, when I was a kid and we wanted Lunchables, I'm a 90s kid right here. When my parents, when I would ask for a like Lunchables at the grocery store, my parents would say, um, we don't have, we can't afford that. Um, but, but that, you know, suggests maybe like we couldn't pay our rent or something. The, the truth was, is that they didn't value it. But the narrative it suggests is that a, I don't know how much Lunchables would have cost, $2, $5, $8, whatever it was, they just didn't value it. It was like, it's, you know, we can buy that ham and those crackers, you know, in separate boxes and that cheese and get like five times as much of it for less. So it's not that they didn't value feeding me. They just didn't value Lunchables, right? And so, and it's not that they couldn't afford to feed me. They just didn't want to feed me with that manner of food. And that is the difference. Um, and, and you can actually see how this mindset trans translates, not just from your time, but to other areas of your life where you feel like you don't have enough. So understanding what your values are um, aligns your finances, it aligns your time, it aligns your energy output because you are a limited creature. I'm sorry, I'm a limited creature. Dang it. <laughs> um, I, I only have 24 hours in the day and I only have a certain amount of energy and I can be clever with my supplements or my energy levels in what I do and when I do them to um, either elongate how many things I can do in a day or in a week or in a given season. But I mean, yeah, there's just a point in time where you just don't have more hours. Um, and so I, what my goal is to act like a CEO, like not just because I own a company, but be the CEO of your life. Like to say, if I was going to be strategic, what would I not do? CEOs have to say no to things all the time. They have to say, no, we're not going to invest in advertising that way. And no, we're not going to pursue this offer. And I have people all the time who come and ask me, will you do this thing for me? Maybe it's speak at something or maybe it's, um, you know, do a certain service that is not a part of our offers. And I have to say like, no, that's, this is how you could work with us. Um, but no, this is not how I'm going to do. And that's, that's the exact same thing that happens when someone says, Hey, um, they're not asking me for a paid service, but like when somebody at my church says, will you do this thing? And I come back and say, no, it just, I'm not saying I don't love you or I don't care about that thing. Um, it's just saying I don't value it right now in this moment. And it's not that it's not valuable. Is that 
it is not aligned with me in this moment. It's mind-blowing. I've said that this so many times when I make these things, these choices. They're so freaking hard. And if this is a really, really hard thing for you, I do recommend the book Boundaries by Jonathan Townsend and Henry Cloud. Uh, it's a phenomenal book. Um, they're one of the first psychologists who really dug into creating boundaries in your health. And so um, just not in your health. I'm sorry. That, that came out of my mouth funny. Um, it's one of the first people to talk about how to say no and when to say yes. And it applies in every area of your life, your kids, your spouse, your time, your workplace, your communities that you're involved in, everything. So now you have looked at your your top values, your top five, because uh, you can't do them all in the same way. So you definitely want to consider your biggest ones. You've looked at your calendar. You've seen where you have idiosyncrasies, like things that you don't even value that are on the calendar or things that you do value that are not on the calendar. You know, so maybe you're like, well, I value my health, but like, you're like, I don't see anywhere where I'm putting in or I, or maybe you're not putting in the level of, of investment you otherwise would in your health whatever it is. So you can make time in your schedule first by just getting rid of the things that you just straight up are not valuing. They're not a value in the season. Then you can, then you now have room and it might take a couple texts or emails to be like, Hey, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. Um, and, and, and you can, and you can be tactful, but, but, um, I don't know what it is that you would be messaging about. So, um, that'd be something that you'd have to work out the wording, but, but yes, please do, whatever you need to do to take those things out of your life if they're just not a value in this season. Um, and so that, you know, step one basically is say, start saying no. Say no to thing, anything you've already said yes to unless you just really have to write it out. But there are a lot of things. There are more things I have learned over time and challenged myself over time that I can say no to that I thought I had to write out that it really didn't have to. It was just like, for whatever reason, I was making myself do it. And it's just, it's just a whole psychological game. It's just ridiculous. Um, and I don't say you're ridiculous. I'm just saying I, the, the process in my mind is when I look back on it, I'm like, it's so ridiculous. That's how I look back on it. Even though in the moment it feels like it's so scary. I'm going to say no to something. Ah, um, but start saying no either to current things or to things that you are being asked of. Maybe you have an outstanding invitation or request to a, party to a wedding to whatever and you're just like oh it doesn't really work with whatever your values are right now um just say no to that that definitely gives you more time um you want to on things that you said yes to that you're bitter about or resentful about or regretful um that's a really big sign that that might be something you really need to consider saying no to uh, maybe i used to like psych myself out like well i need to say yes to this because it's gonna make me a you know, a more selfless person. And like, I think there is room for that of like, oh, it would be selfless or it would be a good exercise of servant heartedness to um, help put the dishes away at a party or something like that. But it doesn't have to be nearly as many things as I think I made it out to be. Um, and it really actually took away from me um, certain things. Uh, you also want to realize that if you leave that bitterness and resentfulness or regretfulness in your in your body because you continue to do that thing you're resentful of, those emotions steal from you. They are poisonous. And what do you do with poison? You want to cut them out. You do not want to tell yourself that you need to be kinder or nicer or more tolerant or more giving. You are giving. You just can't give with no boundaries. You aren't limitless. You have limits just like everybody else. And one of the things I sometimes tell myself that is helpful, maybe it'll be helpful to you guys, if I'm having a hard time saying no is me saying no is giving somebody else the opportunity to say yes. I don't have to show up to everything, give to everything, be the head honcho for everything. And me saying no makes way. And it's been really cool when I say no to something, realizing seeing who else says yes and being like, I'm so excited that they wanted that they got to be asked, that they got to say yes, that they got to lead this thing, that they got to do whatever thing it is, um, and that they got to be a part of that. Um, and that they might have not been asked if I had filled that role and I wasn't even the right person to fill that role. So number one, start saying no to clear your calendar. Number two is prioritize your life. A um, by, by your values. And so you don't want your life driving you. So 
you are the driver of your bus and your emotions and the voices in your head and other people's expectations, those are all passengers in the bus. They can holler at you, they can yell at you, they can be in, they can distract you, but you are driving and that makes you the driver of the bus until you're not. If you give your emotions or somebody else's expectations, that seat in your bus, they're driving the bus now. And you're right. You don't have control over things. You don't have time for everything that you value because somebody else is driving your bus. <laughs> and then ultimately, this is all about having boundaries and courage. I, I, I'm surprised that courage just made its way up to this podcast or up to this point in the podcast. But basically the whole time I've been talking about saying no to things, I've been talking about discovering your values, even though it could be scary to see what you value or how you're using your time in your calendar. It's about courage to activate all those things. But courage is so worth it. It's only worth, we're, we're going to be, you're going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> you're going to be uncomfortable either doing the things that you don't value, doing the things that you feel you ought to do from all these other people, or you can choose to be uncomfortable doing what you do value and what is in line with you. Basically, you're going to be uncomfortable either way. There's no avoiding it. There's no like, well, this is the easier way out. No, you're just going to be extra, extra uncomfortable because you're going to go home at night and realize you don't have time for what you want to do, whether that's resting or being with your kids or working on certain projects or building a financial portfolio, whatever it is, um, that's going to eat at you. Nobody else cares. At the end of the day, whoever asked you to do whatever thing you're doing doesn't care how you feel or doesn't know or isn't go going to be able to help the, chan help the fact that you go home and you're exhausted and you don't have time for what you value. So it's up to you to put up those boundaries. Jordan B. Peterson, who again is a psychologist I love, um, he has says in his book, The 12 Rules for Life, your nervous system responds in an entirely different manner when you face the demands of life voluntarily. To stand up straight with your shoulders back is to accept the terrible responsibility of life with eyes wide open. And that is part of how we have health, part of how we're not harassed by life, part of how you take, take ownership of your life. And when you have ownership, that's when you enjoy something like owning a house, owning your car, opposed to always renting or not owning, like owning your life, owning, ownership is the key to wealth and owning your health is the key also to health. And part of that is simply managing your time well in a way where you're not overcommitted, where you feel joyous when you are doing what you're choosing to do, where you understand that even if you're stressed or strained, that it's because you're participating in what you value and not because you are being forced into something. This is how you have time for everything that you value. Awesome, guys. Well, I hope that you found this episode interesting. I know that I put a lot of my heart into this. I really hope that it gave you some insight and will bring power to your life when it comes to making choices. If you listen to this episode and you would love more coaching in your life as you pursue your health and your just healing in your life, I would love to jump on a call with you on our qualifying call and talk about what it would look like for you to be one of our health coaching clients. I love working with our clients and realize that it's not just about the the lab testing and the and the just the numbers and just saying I'm going to crush it, but it's actually having a partner and a friend along with you along with the ride to help answer your questions, encourage you on your pathway and guide you in just some of the tips and tricks in taking how to build up courage so you can do the things you want to do. If you love this episode, I also want to encourage you to share it. I would love it if you just take a screenshot, share it in your stories on Instagram, tag us. I would love to see what part was impactful to you and just be able to engage and interact and see who is listening to this episode. If you love this podcast, I also encourage you to leave a rating and review. I love seeing what y'all are saying. And I've had some of you send me personal messages on how much you love our podcast, but we have a link in the show notes if you're listening from a different player 
there um, that doesn't accept reviews, we have a link straight to our Apple podcast and you can leave a review there. Other ways you can follow us and stay in conversation is by following us on Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. I'd love to connect with you there and hear more about your health journey and what you want support in as you are going. And as a reminder, our motto, miracles are immediate, but healing takes time.